Hey, everyone, and welcome to another great show of Purpose Through Pain podcast. The gentleman today, he is going to be sharing with us how he survived two accidents. And I'm talking about two deadly car accidents, living his life in a coma, learning how to walk two different times, all while under the age of 15. Um, was in a body cast. Later on in life, he lost his mother in his own arms. And this is a gentleman that I've been able to share the stage with, phenomenal speaker. And even beyond that, he has a call of God on his life, and he shares his message of hope. He spares his message of God's salvation, has his own church. He's in North Carolina. I won't be mad at him that he is a North Carolina State graduate, even though I'm a UNC Tar Heel fan. God will forgive him for that. There's a place in the back of heaven for him, along with all Cowboy fans, right? So, my friend, my good brother, Oric Quick, thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. Oh, man. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure and a joy to be with you, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, so you've gone through some hell. Oh, man. Man, I, I'm just, when you've gone through so much, you know, as, as much as I've gone through, you begin to ask yourself, man, how old are you? Right. Yeah. Like, man, I've been through so much. It's just like, man, I'm only 44, <laughs> you know? Um Brother, so so take me back, man. So so, what was your, you know, of course you were close with your mom, and I know that you were in the car accidents before that. But what was your upbringing like? Did did you have a great, phenomenal relationship with your mom? Yeah. You know, what was that for you? That even when you were in the car accidents, like, how did you get through it? Well, you know, my mom, me and my mom had a a, a very close bond because, you know, when she was carrying me, the doctor wanted her to abort me. Wow. And so she just really just stood on the word of God, stood on what, you know, stood on, on the scriptures and just decided that. And, and the thing was, she got diagnosed with lupus while she was carrying me. And so the, the, the doctor said, hey, um, if you don't abort this baby, the baby could die. You could die. Both of you could die. Or even if the baby lives. He's going to be a vegetable for the rest of his life. Now, I'm not a vegetable. I might like vegetables, but I'm not, I'm not a vegetable. So, but I'm grateful that she did not give up on me. So that's, that's what really created that closeness between, you know, me and my mom. And of course, um, you know, just going through all the different things, getting hit by a car at the age of five years old, wow. dying, dying in the streets. And so. God just had a purpose, man. I'm just grateful, man. Every day, I'm just grateful. Wow. So how did you know that, like, with, with, with your mom? At what age did she tell you that she was told by doctors to abort, to end your life, to save hers? Yeah, man. She, my parents, they raised me up in the church, and I literally had to write out my testimony every single day. My mom would not allow me to forget what God had done for me. Dude, that's powerful, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Every day. That just like, Every day. man, to, to, to know and understand that. I mean, cause how many times are we going through life that we're just, we don't, we, we, so we focus so much on the busyness. We focus so much on the negativity. We focus yeah. on the things that are going right. And we totally just, sometimes just, it gets in the way of knowing and understanding what we have in life, regardless of your faith, yeah. you know, yeah. like, cause we're, we're on the same sheet of music. I know where God has, yeah. has, has brought me out of, you, you know, yeah. there's yeah. some people that may be listening 
they may not have a relationship with God, but just simply the fact that you're living, that you're breathing, that you have children, that you have a job, or you know, you're going through a transition, the fact that you're still here on this earth, you know, is a blessing, regardless yeah. of where you where it comes from or where yeah, people will may acknowledge it, man. That's dude, like that right there, man. Even just writing that out and reading that out daily, man, can change somebody's life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened to me. I started to develop, you know, um, a relationship with God at a very young age. And so, and, and that was part of the reason why I was so angry with God when my mom passed away. You know, I was really, really upset with God because I'm like, hey, man, you know, we, we talked, <laughs> you know, why didn't you let uh, me know that this is going to happen or why did it happen? And you got, you got all these criminals out here. Why, take one of them guys, you know, um, but don't take my mom. You know, at the age of 15 years old, I really needed her in my life at that particular time. But God showed me that if my mom would not have died, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Yeah. Wow. Wow. There's always a purpose through things, man. It's always a purpose. Yeah. You know, that's one thing, of course, with the podcast being called Purpose Through Pain. It, it, you know, pain is life's greatest, greatest teacher. It can also be life's biggest crutch. Yeah. You yeah. had that choice or to be like, okay, God, I'm mad. I'm questioning. I don't like what you did and completely turn your back on God. Yeah. Okay. You, it could have, it could have went a whole nother way, but you know, the amazing thing about it is that when we truly do, it's okay to submit, right? It's okay to submit and when you're strong and it's definitely okay to submit when you're weak. Mm -hmm. And because when we're weak and we submit, who does it put, let's just call it pressure. Who does it put the responsibility on, the pressure on? Not yeah. us. It puts it on God. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it allows him to be like, okay, I finally got you where I want you so yeah. I can actually take control now. Yeah. yeah. You know, man. So going back to, to, I know we're bouncing around back and forth, but so you were hit by a car at five. You died yeah. from it. Like. What, 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 what happened? How did that even happen? Okay. So, man, uh, whew, man, throughout my entire life, you know, my, my father has always communicated with God. My mom has always communicated with God. And that's the reason why I'm really here. You know, yeah. creative communication has really mm -hmm. just set my life on fire. Well, when I got hit by that car in the streets, God told my dad, my dad scooped me up in his arms. I was gone, dead, bleeding out of my nose, my ears, my mouth, gone. And when he picked me up, my foot was near my head because my pelvis was broken. When I got hit by that car, imagine a five-year-old child looking wow. disfigured. And he scooped me up in his arms and said, God, please don't take my baby. Please, God, don't take my baby. And he, he heard God immediately say, if you stay close to him, I won't let him die. Wow. And so he rode with me in the ambulance, even when they had to take me back to operate him operate on me. Um, they said, uh, uh, Pastor Quick, we got to work on him. And he said, look, God told me to stay close to him. And the doctor said, okay, well, just come back with us. The only thing that's going to separate your, you and your son is this sheet. We're going to pull this sheet over. Um, you, you stay right here and pray while we operate on him. And so, man, when, when we communicate with God, he literally is the game changer. He's wow. going to show us what to do. Yeah, man. So, huh, 
you, you, you talk about creator communication, right? You know, and talking about communicating with God for those that are listening, man, because this can be always a, um, a hard subject for people. It's like, how do I talk to God? Right. You yeah. know, as a pastor and as a believer, what would you say to, to, to people that may or may not know God, or maybe just, you know, cause here's the thing is God listens to his people, regardless of whether or not he lives in your heart. He listens yeah, to us yeah. because if he was willing to send his son to die for people that he did not know, for people yeah. that did not know him, don't you think that he's just willing to listen to us? So how would you tell people how they can communicate to God? Yeah. So, you know, it's very similar to, you know, when, I, when we just, when we had our first child, um, Victoria, I was talking to my wife's stomach every single night. I was singing lullabies. I mean, I was communicating with our child, regardless if she knew me or not, I was still communicating with her. Mm. And so we don't realize that God has been talking to us this whole time. We think it's our conscience. We think it's us talking to us. But this whole time, he's been talking to us just like I've been talking to my daughter. She didn't know who I was. She didn't know that I'm her father. But when she came out of that womb, uh, she recognized the, your voice. The doctor, the doctor picked her up. She's crying, 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 crying. And I started singing the exact song that I sang. And she immediately stopped crying, looked over to me and opened up her eyes and looked right at me. Wow. And so it's the exact same thing with God. God is just waiting for us to recognize, hey, wait a minute. It's you. That's you. You've been talking to me this whole time. Yeah, and God has been talking to us. It's just a matter of the fact: are we listening? So, right? No, that's good stuff, brother. I I, I really like that. I'm gonna have to use that creator communication. I'll give you credit, but I'm gonna have to use it, <laughs> man. Because it's like, you know, when 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 you know, there's no doubt there was a million things probably going through your dad's mind, you know. But and and it's like, you know, when we can think about something, sometimes we can we can pray the house, we can pray the fire down, right? You know, but. Yeah. When all of a yeah. sudden, you know, the reality of is like, God, I know all these things to say, but I only end up saying, God, don't, don't let my son die. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, but I, I love what you said. It's like when God spoke to your dad, if it wasn't the communication that he had always been having, how was he ever going to recognize yeah. the voice of God when he said that, you know? Um, so of course you're here. So we know that you lived through it, but what, what happened after that? What, what was taking place? You're, you're in the operating room. Your dad is there praying. Your dad also being a pastor. What happened after that? Yeah. So they, they most have, well, they, they lost me a couple of times and they, they said to um, my mom and my dad that, you know, he, he's in a coma. He may not um, recognize anyone. He may not remember anything. He may not recognize anyone's face or anything like that. And so because of the, the extreme uh, brain damage. And so, man, the saints came in and just flooded the room and just started praying for me. And they had no idea. The doctor said, we don't know when he's going to wake up. We have no idea when he's going to wake up. He's in a coma. And when they went in there and prayed for me, I ended up waking up that same day. Wow. That same night. And recognized everybody in the room. So you can imagine... The excitement that was yeah. in the room. Oof, a revival <laughs> hitting that place. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, so you were at the age of five. Now, this yeah. wasn't the first time this happened that you 
were in an accident. What, what happened next? So the next one was when, um, I guess my mom and dad, they was tag teaming. So I guess it's now my mom's turn. <laughs> mm. So at 11 years old, I was in another car, a uh, deadly car accident. Uh, I was in the back seat. I'll never forget that night. I was in the back seat in the middle and, and my sister was driving and it was all an accident. She didn't see the stop sign. And so she drove straight through a stop sign. Another car T-boned us. We flipped three or four different times and landed on the roof of the car. All four tires are sticking up in the air. Well, when my mom heard the accident, she ran on foot to get there. We had just had a church service at a church member's home. And so they both ran to the accident. Well, I'm nowhere to be found. And everybody's crawling out the car except for me. Well, God showed her where I was. I had flew out the back windshield of the car and the car had flipped on top of me. Oh my goodness. And for years, for years, I was telling the wrong story. I kept telling people, hey man, I want, I guess, you know, people, you know, ran over and helped my mom lift the, lift the car off of me. Well, the woman who ran with my mom that night overheard me telling the incorrect story. She said, whoa, baby, let me tell you what happened. I was there. When your mom saw you under that car, she lifted the car by herself, flipped you on your back, slapped you on your forehead, and commanded that you would live. And brother, I've been living ever since. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. You talking about just the enemy, you know, having a, uh, a target on your life from oh, man. the possible abortion to yep. dying at the five years old to now again. Uh, now, now, were you pronounced dead at all on, yes. on this? And I was, one? I was dead then. Yeah. 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 Wow. Not again. Wow. So twice dying, uh, you know, the first time what, what, you know, the, the possible abortion, things like that, man, it's like, you know, how could you not know? And how could you not be thankful, you, you yeah. know, for, for the calling of God on your life, you know? Um, so then of course you were 13 and then two years later, your mom passed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because of, you know, when she was diagnosed with lupus, you, you know, we all know what lupus does to your organs. Yeah. You know, it really breaks them down. And so she was on the oxygen tank and, you know, I was able, I was strong enough to carry my mom in my arms uh, before she died in my arms. And so um, it was most definitely devastating. Uh, I'll never forget that night, you know, um, and, and, and you got to almost, you got to forgive yourself because sometimes you can try to, you know, condemnation, man, it'll just rip you to shreds. And so the, the very thought kept popping up. What if I would have called the ambulance a lot earlier? Or what if I would have called 911 earlier? All these different thoughts. And so um, I, I, I most definitely called, but of course, they, they didn't get there in time. Yeah. You know, you know, something, man, talking about in reference to that, like, you know, you can what if a lot of situations and, you know, when my wife passed away, you know, one thing I tell people, you know, like I never questioned God. I never was mad at God. And one of it was, is probably because the night my wife passed away, I understood my why. Mm. I understood the why behind why it happened. Mm. You know, now that wasn't the case when my mom had passed away 14 years prior to that. I did ask God, why, why did you yeah. take her? You know, and he, of course, yeah. he brought it to me in scripture, you know, but this was the realization that I came to. You know, and it talks about in the book of uh, Joshua, for he, he knew us before we were formed in the womb. He mm -hmm. 
He called us by name. And for me, one of the things that really helped me go through the hard time and understanding is that on December the 18th of 1981, God knew that my wife was going to be born here on this earth. Mm. But he also knew that on January the 27th of 2019, she was going to join him in eternity. Mm. There was not a prayer I could have prayed, an evangelist I could have brought in, nobody to pray the healing power because it was already written. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, you know, and just to encourage those that are listening is there's things that are going to go through in our life that we have no control over. Yeah. And brother, it it, it wouldn't have mattered if you got the ambulance called on time because it was already written. Yeah. You know, it was written that you were going to still be alive today, regardless of how many times the devil tried to take you out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so now, now it's you and your dad, your mom has passed away. You you know, there's no doubt at 15 years of age, I, I, I can't fathom what that's like. You know, I, I see my kids, you know, they were 10 and eight and then one when their mom passed away, you know, and it's still, it can still be a struggle, you know, what, what, what went on in your life? Did you, cause I know you said, you know, you, you questioned God, you asked God why, like what happened with your relationship with God? Did it bring you closer? Did it kind of like push you away a little bit? What happened there? Yeah, it, it, it most definitely pushed me away in the beginning. Um, I, I really didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to, you know, but every night when I was crying myself to sleep over my mom, he would always talk to me anyway. He would always say, Oric, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. It's going to be all right. And I could hear it. I'm like, why? And I, you know, I would still talk and, you know, let him know, express to him how upset I was that he allowed this to happen. But I, at that age, I couldn't, I couldn't really process it because you can't really process your pain while you're in pain. And yeah. so <laughs> it, it's almost after you come out of, then you can look back and say, oh, okay, I understand now. And so everything that happened to me happened for a reason and it happened for my growth for for me for my progress for me to be the man i mean everything lined up i mean even with my who i married everything my children everything lined up all from that purpose from happening in my life yeah you know it's it's always hard to to look while you're going through pain you know to find out where it can be but it's like even when when my wife was diagnosed with cancer it's like when people would share testimonies about how their life was changed through our story, mm-hmm. then you see it's like, okay, it was worth it. It doesn't yeah. make it easier. It doesn't yeah. necessarily take yeah. the pain away, but you realize then the struggle was worth it. Mm. You know, and that, that was a big realization for me. And w- would you say the same for you? Is that everything that you went through now, looking back, you're like, yeah, it was worth it. Absolutely. I, and I, I want to say this because. This is one of the um, times that really helped me. I was, this is, you know, this is probably after, even after I got married, God showed me this, but I was meditating the word of God, just spending time with the scriptures. And I went into this trance and all of a sudden I could see my mom walking into heaven. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? And so a a loud voice said, you can go back if you want to, as if, you know, she can be resuscitated and come back to the earth. But then the voice said, um, well, she turned around to come back to the earth. But then the voice said, but if you go back, 
your children and so many people will not be who they need to be. And she turned right back around and marched straight into heaven. Wow. And that showed me, he said, Auric, I know it was hurtful. I know it was painful, but everything, all things work together for your good. Everything that happened, it happened for your growth. And so that you could be the man that I've called you to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's crazy that you say that because like when my mom passed away in 2005, she was only 59 years old. And mm, my mom was though, 54. Yeah. Wow. Even though my dad, like we had a relationship, it was still, it, it was almost like, well, if I could have chose between the two, I would have chosen yeah. to kept my mom here on earth because I lived, I, I loved my mom a lot more. I had a better relationship yeah. with my mom. Yeah. And I still tell people, it's like, I still had some hatred and resentment towards my dad, but yet it was my mom's death that was the, the turning point or the changing point for my dad to break and to ask his children for forgiveness. And that was the start of the healing process mm -hmm. that when my dad passed away 14 years later, he died my best friend. Mm -hmm. This is somebody wow. I didn't have a relationship with. And I'm like, you know, if, if I would be thinking, let's say that I was doing everything I'm doing today, my story would be different. It would have been my mom lived and we went on to have a great relationship, but my dad, no, nah, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, I would have never said my dad died my best friend. I would have never been talking about forgiveness. I would have never been talking about the healing that took place. I would have never been talking about the brokenness. I would have been talking about tarnished relationships. I would have been yeah. talking about hurt. I would have been talking about being the victim, you know, instead of, man, look what God did. Look what happened over the years. Yeah. And to sit there and say that something that I struggled with and wanted from my dad as a child, I wanted the affirmations. I wanted the verbal, I love you. I wanted the verbal, I'm yeah. proud of you. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of that, right? Because I was six, seven, eight years of age. But what I remember that's so great that I brag about today is that when I'm in my 40s, you know, my dad is sitting there telling people and bragging about his children mm. a year or two before he's, you know, passes away. That's the thing I remember. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing that flooded. And so I'm like, okay, God, it was worth it yeah. because it was yeah. that thing that I didn't see at that time, you know, my own vision, my own selfish reasons, my own heart, things like that, that if my mom wouldn't have died and let's just say it was my dad, I would have mm. never been telling a story. I would have been yeah. telling a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, man, it's amazing how God yeah, it's painful, but he's setting us up the whole time. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, Bishop Jakes always says, you know, that the, the setback is a setup for a comeback, you know, and, and it, and it truly right. is, you know, and it goes back to, you know, what you said earlier, the creator communication is, and I yeah. want to tell people, listen, there is nothing wrong with asking God why. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. nothing wrong with it. People's like, oh, you can't ever question God. Well, tell me where you can't. Exactly. You know, and because, you know, the last time I checked about the word of God says, you have not because you ask not or ask yep. and you shall receive. Well, isn't why a question? Yep. Yep. And w I remember when my mom passed away, I said, God, why did my mom? And he showed me, he, he revealed it to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. the night my wife was passing away, I didn't have to ask why because God revealed the reason before yeah. I ever even had to ask the question. Because yeah. yeah. why? Probably because he knew I was going to ask it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know? Yeah. 
but not only that, it's like what he, what he begins to show us, you know, in the process. And I, I, I look at this analogy right here. I, I, I kind of got this analogy a couple of years ago. You know, people always say things like, um, man, every, every time I take three steps forward, I, I get knocked back five, right? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. we've heard yeah. that saying, right? Yeah. yeah. And then we feel like we're not making any grounds. But imagine this for yourself. Imagine you're up against a tree line. You're up against the forest, okay? Everything behind you is just cleared, but everything in front of you is complete forest. If you're right there, one step before walking in, can you truly see where the best path is? Mm. You can't. Because mm. everything looks the same. Yeah. However, if you take a couple steps back and you're able to look down right and left down the tree line, you're able to see the best path. So Absolutely. sometimes it's better to take the steps back so you can take the right approach. Absolutely. 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 You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, so, so the abortion, dying twice, your mom passing away. How has that led to you or where are you at now in your relationship? Is your dad still living? Yeah. Yeah. He's, okay. he's turning 90 years old this year. Wow, man. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, is he still preaching? Yes. <laughs> are you serious? Does he have, does he still have a church or he just. So, yeah. Yeah. So basically we're, we're almost tag teaming in a sense. Um, I'm, I'm the um, senior pastor of the church. I came. And just to come back and help him because, of course, he's getting older. But, you know, he preaches every first Sunday and I preach all the other Sundays. But I'm the pastor of the church and he's still preaching, man. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing, man. He had me when he was 50 years old. So, wow. (laughs) That's amazing. So y'all have a phenomenal relationship even after your mom passed away. How has that been, you know, when she passed away at 15, how has that transformed your life? Yeah, man. You know, and just just like your story, man, we didn't, me and my dad didn't have the best relationship while my mom was living, uh, you know, but it it just matured and it got better and better and better and better because, you know, we, we, we had no other choice but to try to make it work. Right. And so, you know, it was me, my brother, Oliver, and my dad all living in the same home. My mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And so our relationship most simply, it got better. Uh, because it, it kind of forced us to lean on one another and to encourage one another along the way. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of goes back to that creator communication, right? Yeah. We're, we're designed to create or to communicate not only with God, our Heavenly Father, but in the people that he puts in our life. That's right. So you're, you're, you're in the middle of a lot of things right now that ultimately has been formed from the story that has been created and continuous is, is continue its creation or it's writing more chapters. Um, so you have the church there in, in North Carolina. Okay. Um, yep. now you're in, you're in, um, hold on. You told me at some point, you're not in, are you in Greensboro or where Asheville? Uh, high point, high point. That's it. High point. Um, yep. so I, of course I, I joke with you about being a, a, a state fan and I, I know that you, you know, you went there and you played ball and stuff like that. And like I said, you know, there's still a place in heaven for you. Okay. Um, I've never seen, I've seen pink skies. I've never seen a red one. So we know God's favorite color is not red. Okay. But we have seen Carolina blue all day long. We've even seen when God's mad, we see Duke colors, right? Dark blue. <laughs> hey, Hey, just, just um, never forget. We all bleed red. We all bleed red. <laughs> all right. You got me on that one, man. You got me on that one, you know? So kind of being funny, 
growing up in Jacksonville, North Carolina, not too far from High Point. I think it's about oh, two okay. hours, I think. Um, yeah. You know, we grew up diehard Tar Heel fans. Okay. We hated State and don't ever talk about Duke. Okay. All right. And, um, but that's how we grew up. We grew up watching Michael Jordan, you know, Dean Smith, you know, and then of course, uh, uh, Coach Williams and now even Coach Hubert Davis, you, you know, which I watched Hubert Davis as an athlete, as a basketball player. Now I get mm. to see him coaching the Tar Heels. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just funny, but you're there, you've got the pastoring of your church, your dad's, you know, um, uh, the bishop there, I, I guess I should say, you know, um, but you're working on a lot of other things. You've been on the Dr. Oz show. You've got uh, you're a co-host to a TV uh, station or television uh, show. Tell us a little bit about that and how that has been, you know, you know, catapulted you in some things. Oh, man. So um, going back to creative communication, you know, one day I'm reading the word of God and God whispers in my ear, hey, I want you to call this local television station and just tell them your testimony. I'm like, for what? Well, I mean, what, what am I doing? What is this for? He says, don't worry about the details. Just tell them. Mm. And so I called got the station manager on the phone and just told him my testimony. I said, sir, I don't even know why I'm talking to you. God told me to call you. So I'm just, I'm just telling, I'm just doing what he told me to do. When I got finished telling him, he said, sir, you had no idea that I've been looking for a story. Mm. And I want you to come in and I want to interview you. You're into, I want to interview you about your story, everything that happened to you. And let me tell you something, man. Oh my gosh. So I, I'm, I'm there, I'm getting ready to, to get ready for the, the interview, all these different things. And so the same guy who I talked to, the station manager, walks in. Um, well, let me, let me go back. One of the technicians says, Pastor Quick, is this how you spell your church name? I said, yes, sir. Well, the station manager came in right behind him and said, oh, don't worry about it. It ain't like somebody to call him from California and fly him in there. He was trying to be funny, right? So right. I'm like, bro, you have no idea what God has in store for me. I yeah. kind of let, I smiled it off. I didn't say anything. And immediately after that interview, I got an email and the email said, my name is Darice Rollins. I'm a movie producer. I need to talk to you today. Wow. I'm like, man, this old bootleg movie producer, I'm not calling this person back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have time for this. And, and the spirit said, call him back. I said, okay, I'll, I'll see what, what this is about. So I called the person. The person said, Pastor Quick, I've been looking for you. I said, okay. She said, I want to know if you would be willing to audition for a part. I said, what am I going to be doing? She said, you're just going to be giving your biblical perspective on today's topics. I said, sure. Hey, I can do that. And I said, ma'am. And so I said, ma'am, how did you find me? She said, well, let me tell you a little bit about me. My name is Darice Rollins. Uh, I helped produce Wild Hogs, Big Mama's House, Little Roscoe Jenkins, um, all of Martin Lawrence produ uh, productions. She said, I was head over Martin Lawrence's whole production. I said, Okay, this is not bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you're doing. <laughs> so immediately after that, we're talking. She said, well, I'm going to set up the Skype interviews and everything with, with the production team. They're going to call you all this. I said, ma'am, before we get off this phone, I just need to ask you one question. Where are you calling from? 
California. California. Jeez, the on. exact same place, the exact same day, he said, I would not get a call from. Mm. And months down the road, I'm getting off of my job. I got a, I got a voicemail that simply says, hey, this is Kamara Mathis, which is Judge Mathis' daughter, who she's doing all the legal paperwork. She says, Pastor Quick, I want to know, you know, can, are you available during this date? Because we want to fly you to California for the chemistry test. I'm like, whoa, what on, is Lord. going on, on here? And all of that stemmed from creative communication. Being able, because that's what creative communication does. It accelerates things. It's, it's like spiritual loopholes. You skip over things. It's like a fast track. And so, man, when I say that, it just opened up so many doors. So, of course, I got selected as the four. It was um, John Gray. Jamal Bryant, Dr. E. Dewey Smith, and myself, Oric Quick, and we were all on uh, uh, on Fox. We were coming on after the um, the Wendy Williams show, um, and so in that that time we were competing against the Steve Harvey show, and so it was just an amazing experience. But it taught me that if I just keep communicating with the Creator, He's going to fast track my life. Man, that's so good, dude. I mean, just like you said it, man, like it's an accelerator program. It, it accelerates, you, you know, because ultimately God has the inside track. Oh, that's it. Yeah. He, yeah. he was, he was, he was, he's the very person. It's like, you know, having access. It's like knowing somebody that when you go to a concert or a football game and they can get you in backstage or they can get you in yeah. the flicker, they can get you in the <laughs> VIP access and you, and you don't have to do anything. It's just because of the relationship. There we go. You know, yeah, man, that's why Daryl preach, brother. Come <laughs> on, man. We're going to be tag team preaching, you know? Wow. So you've done that. You've been on the Dr. Oz, you know, and, and right now you're in the middle of writing a book. Tell me about that book. Is this about your life and the, the deaths and your mom? Tell me about that. Well, so, um, of course, we just released Develop Through Darkness, um, the difference between being planted and being buried. And mm. so that, that was last, um, last Christmas. We just released that. And I'm, I'm always working on my next project, uh, always working on the next book and all these different things. Um, I'm working on a next collaboration book called Develop Through Darkness, Finding Victory in the Valley. And wow. um, another collaboration book, um, with, which is um, When Pink Becomes Your Favorite Color. And it focuses on of course, breast, breast cancer survivors. And so I'm looking for people with the, the, these amazing stories who want to share their story with the world of how they overcame, how they survived it. And so I'm just, man, I'm just looking to collaborate because collaboration, man, you can go so much farther with others than you can by yourself. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm just grateful, man. Just got a lot going on. I'm just grateful. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Now you're also besides just um, uh, the preaching or the the church, you also travel and speak, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, guys, to give everybody our listeners a little backstory, the way Oric and I actually met was at a speaker competition, and yep. it was it was really great. It was a phenomenal thing. Um, uh, Oric and I end up competing against each other multiple times, and yep. it it yep. it pushed us both to some amazing limits. We 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 learned a lot about each other about our stories, you know, and ultimately it's like what we were really created to do. And that's to share a message of hope, you know, yeah. and, yeah. um, 
uh, and it was a it was a great time um, for both of us. Really yeah. amazing speakers. Uh, you know, just just a cool opportunity. That was the first time I'd actually been on a speaking competition at all. You know, and um, yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So an organized background is very similar. Where in terms of he's been preaching on stage, I've been preaching in churches for years, traveling the country. Uh, you know, different countries and speaking. So we have a lot of great similarities and. Um, uh, and of course, we're both writing books and, and and doing a lot of different things together. So I'm 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 excited. Oric, where if you can give people some advice, you know, people that have gone through, I call it the hell in the hallway, life's hell, life's challenges, life's you know, because we can sit there and say a lot of people. I feel like they say, well, no one else has gone through what I've gone through, you know, mm. until you meet the very person that has gone through that, yeah. you know, and. Uh, how, what encouragement can you give people that either have gone through it or maybe that are still going through it? How can they get their victory, man? How can yeah. they get through what they're going through? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Unexpected actions always create unscheduled miracles. Wow. Unexpected actions always create uncertain miracles. Unscheduled miracles. Un unscheduled miracles. So when back in 2016, and this is right after I got off of the show of Fox, that same year, December 9th, right before Christmas, I had a house fire. Lost everything. Had to start completely over. And I'm looking at God. I'm like, God, what is this? What is this about? And the night of the fire, I never forget what he whispered in my ear because that night, I was contemplating suicide that night. Wow. And so, because the enemy had planted in my mind, you're a terrible father, you're a terrible husband, you're a terrible pastor, you just let your house burn down. You see that bridge right there? Why don't you go ahead and do your family a favor and jump off that bridge? You, we all know how the devil talks. The, yeah. the joke can talk. Like, he can really talk. He can. And I could hear a very faint voice in the back, in the background of my mind saying, Auric, it's not true. It's just not true. It's wow. not your fault. And so on that Friday night, we had the house fire. But then on that Sunday morning, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be preaching, right? I'm supposed to go and preach. But this morning I said, uh-uh, I ain't going. I just lost my house. I'm highly depressed. I don't want to get out of the bed. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to pray for nobody. I don't want to talk to nobody. And the Spirit of God said, get up and go preach. I said, no, I've already told one of the ministers, you go ahead and preach. Preach, we're not going to make it. And the Spirit said, get up and go preach. My people need a word. I said, y'all people need a word. <laughs> I said, I, I need a word. <laughs> I need a word right now. And he convinced me to get out of the bed. I drove to Walmart and I never forget. I bought some black slacks, a blue button down shirt and some slip resistant shoes that they had. <laughs> but when I was walking through Walmart, I'll never forget it. I walked by the DVD section and at the top of the DVDs, it literally said not easily broken. Mm. Wow. And because God is constantly talking to us, but we got to listen. We got to listen. But this is the thing. I went to church, preached like a madman. That Sunday afternoon, 
Now we just we just lost our house two days before. That son, that Sunday afternoon, I dropped my family off at her parents' house because we were staying at their house temporarily. I said, baby, I just need to clear my head. I just need to take a drive. I'm driving down the street and I hear the creator's voice say this to me. Do you think it's possible for you to be faithful to me and I won't be faithful to you? I said, what? Ouch. I said, what do you? He said, just answer the question. Do you think it's possible for you to be actually faithful to me and I will not be faithful to you? I said, Lord, I, 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 yes, I believe you're faithful. He said, let me show you what I've been doing behind the scenes. He said, Auric, you and your family had been going through some financial struggles. You couldn't afford the insurance policy on the home. So when I had the house fire, I had no insurance policy. None at all. So God says, let me show you what I've been doing behind the scenes because I've always got, I've always had your back. He said, Auric, I had a letter. Now he's telling me all this, creative communication. He's telling me all this. He says, go back to your house. There was a letter I sent to your home, but you and your wife never opened it because you thought it was junk mail. I said, yeah, I thought it was junk. He said, Auric, it is not junk mail. Go back to your home that caught on fire and find this letter. I drove back home. Brother, I opened my front door. That letter was five feet away from me in front of the front door. Wow. Now, we all know when you got junk mail, you put all the junk mail together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you put it, you stack it somewhere, yeah. right? Why was this letter by itself in front of the door five feet away from me? Wow. And it, it kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> I said, whoa, okay, so what's inside? He said, open it up. I opened up the letter, and it literally said, your insurance policy started 11-17, November the 17th. The house fire happened December 9th. Jeez, come on. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what, the, I don't know what this insurance policy is. I haven't been paying any premiums. I don't know what this is. What does this mean to me? I don't have an insurance policy. He said, you do now. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. How are you just going to create an insurance policy? He said, I've created everything else. <laughs> Come on, man. And brother, when I tell you, he made the same bank who tried to foreclose on us seven times and never could do it. He made them take out an insurance policy in our name and made them give us the money for it. Ha ah, Come on, man. Brother, when I, when I tell you creative communication has changed my life, that's why I want to tell people, look, creative communication, what it does, it creates creative collaboration. There is no greater collaboration than working with God. Wow. <laughs> there is no greater collaboration than that. I'm I'm writing this stuff down, brother. Create creative creative and, communication and, creates creative collaboration. Yes, and and when I woke up, when I went to church anyway, that was the unexpected action. The unscheduled miracle was the insurance policy. Wow! So you got in order for you to overcome. Don't follow your feelings. Don't do what you feel. Because truth, the truth is, I feel like staying in bed. What would have happened if I would not have answered? What would have happened if I would have never went to my home? 
I would have swept up my own blessing. I would have threw away my own provision if I would not have listened. So unexpected actions always create unscheduled miracles. Mm. Dude, that right there, man, that's like, that's a gold nugget right there, brother. Unexpected actions always create unscheduled miracles. Creator communication creates creator collaboration. That's it, man. Dude, man, that's like, that's powerful, man. For those that are listening, I, I, I encourage you guys to go back and listen and write that down because that's right. That right there is words to live by. Not even just that, the title of the DVD that you said, not easily broken. Mm. You know, imagine yeah. if we walked around with that mindset of I'm not easily broken. Yeah. We look back. We look back and we're like, yeah, man, I went through all these different things and I made it through. But imagine saying that to ourselves while we're going through it. Mm. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, and I think that that's, that it kind of goes back to that unexpected actions. Like, you know, if, for those that are familiar with the, um, the Brownsville revival that happened in Father's Day of 1995 yeah. in Pensacola, mm. Florida, I happened to be a part of it and I got to go to Bible school down there. But oh, wow. The, 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 re, not necessarily the reason, but John Kilpatrick had just lost his mom and, um, or I'm sorry, his dad. Okay. And, did not want to go to church that day had told the, the, the deacons of the church that he was going to stay in bed and that, um, he was, um, um, that pastor Steve, uh, Hill, the evangelist, um, can just preach. Mm. And he went, he, he reached over in bed, turned over to go grab the phone to call the elder of the church to tell him that. And he got the vision of the gentleman that they were going to give the Father's Day award to for, um, for being a father of, of the daughter they had because they had lost their wife or his, his wife that year, and he was raising now a single daughter. And mm. when he saw that, he's like, I got to go to church to deliver this award, to give this award out on Father's Day. And mm. that's the day the Spirit of God broke out, and you know they end up having a five-year revival there that brought wow. in millions from around the world simply because of what you just said, that unexpected action. Mm -hmm. If he would have stayed in bed or called uh, the elder, it would have never happened the way that it was designed and created to happen. And, and, and think about those, those four individuals that were carrying their friend on that mat, right? Yeah. So when they, when they first showed up, they see the crowd. Immediately, that's going to tell you, bruh, we can't, there's nothing we can do. We might as well go back home, but they did the unexpected. They ripped the roof. They off. ripped the roof off. <laughs> they ripped the roof off. Well, look at the story of blind Bartimaeus. He hears yeah. Jesus coming into town. And what does he say? It, it, the Bible says in different translations, says he cried out. Yeah. Son of David, have yeah. mercy on me. Man, I. I don't know about you, but I've been to a football game or two in my lifetime. I've been to a concert or time. Yeah. And imagine the guest speaker coming out. Imagine the Hall of Fame quarterback coming out and everybody's yelling and screaming. How loud do you have to get in a crowd of people to grab the attention mm. of, the, uh, of, of the main speaker, of mm. Jesus, of the Hall mm. of Fame quarterback? How mm. loud? Do you, can you imagine how loud wow. blind Bartimaeus yeah. had to get? To yeah. grab the attention of Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they were trying to shut them up too. They were. Be quiet. Be quiet. You know, you don't belong here. You're blind. No, man. He's like, I've got, I've got to create yeah. that opportunity, that unexpected action, yeah. that yelling, that tearing off the roof, yeah. you know? So brother, we can go on and on about this all day long, man. <laughs> so I want to ask you a question. What does the words purpose through pain mean to you when you hear it? Man, um, you know, if, if we understand that pain is, it's almost, it's the gatekeeper for success, mm. that it is absolutely impossible to get to your destiny without pain. I, I used to um, personal train for, for about 10 years. And every client that I had, I had to explain them, explain to them how painful that they're going to be after a workout. But I showed them where they were going to be in a couple of months. And they were willing to go through the pain just so they could fulfill the vision. And so if we have that same mentality, that if I'm willing to go through the pain, if I'm willing to go through all of this, that I know that eventually it's going to pay off. So. I just, you can't exercise. You can't fulfill your purpose unless you go through some form of pain. Just, wow. it just won't happen. That's powerful, brother. And the thing is, is we don't have to go through it alone because we got that creator that we're communicating with. That's right. And I love right. it, brother. I love it. Org, how can people get in touch with you? How can they reach out to you? How can they find a book? Okay. Um, I want to book myself. <laughs> You know, um, I, I love what you're doing, man, and I want to be able to support you. But how can people get in contact with you or even find your book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, uh, my website is auricquick.com. Um, and you can most definitely reach out to me that way. But I'm also very heavily on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, auricquick, O-R-R-I-C-K, quick, Q-I-C-K. Um, and you can find the book on Amazon. Um, both of my books are on Amazon. The first book is called Your Reign is Over, Revealing the Enemy's Greatest Tactics, like mm. R-E-I-G-N, that type of reign. Yeah. And um, it, it basically teaches you how to be a spiritual warrior. Come and on. it converts you from a spiritual warrior to a spiritual protector. Because once you become a spiritual warrior, you're not only, once you become a spiritual warrior, you're able to protect yourself. But now you want to become a spiritual protector so you can protect your family. Wow, and so that's, good. That's, that's on Amazon as well. But then um, develop through darkness, the difference between being planted and being buried, that's on Amazon as well. So you can most definitely find both of them on Amazon. Love that, brother. Love that, man. Auric, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Um, thank really you for having me, honored. man. And uh, yeah, um, and um, you know, we're going to do a lot of great things. Uh, we're going to speak on the stage differently next time. We won't be competing against each other. Absolutely. <laughs> man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Oh, love it, brother. Love it. Well, guys, reach out to Auric. Order those books. I'm going to go on and order some because I, I love about the spiritual warrior, man, because I think we live in a generation of men truly don't know how to be protectors, mm. you know? Um, and so I definitely want to get that. But brother, thank you so much for coming on the show. Amen, brother. Thank you so much, brother. Yes, sir.